I just wanted to do a quick part two. Um, I, I'm having a late night because I have to take care of some stuff around the house. <laughs> it's basically like my parents' estate. So it's like if I don't do it tonight, <laughs> it, you know, it's going to start to just running behind the eight ball. So, but um, waiting for the, the sprinklers. And so remember a couple of podcasts back, I did a podcast where I was saying, you know, with that Memphis shooter, he asked this um, black woman for help and he shot her. And I know there was, they were still clearing up some stuff. So I did a little um, mini intro that I recorded and I said, what sounds like, you know, there were two women involved and the first one, she was with her children and she sent him on his merry way. And then he pulled another woman out. Well, there's, this is another woman here and I want you to hear how she describes it and you know take it for what it is but I think that you kind of have to understand something about men men when by the time they're asking women for help it's like it's the audacity for me and I had to learn this from another woman too because if a man is going to need help he should ask from another man right and so if he's coming at you to ask you for help as a woman, automatically, you know, it's going to be they're asking for money and or something like this. And um, it just is what it is. I don't think it's something that men should be offended by. If you need help, go ask another man. If you need help. Yeah. If you need help financially or with directions or anything, go ask another man. Because the way that I look at it, too, is you already know my policy. I have a six foot type of thing and I make sure like even with with the turn of events that I had to order another um set of mace that's even brighter so you can see it in my hand if you start to cross that threshold of 10 feet you're gonna see me just make it very clear that I, I feel like you're coming into my space you're gonna see I have something in my hand that might just drop you like a hacky sack you know what I'm saying and you might just want to back off. So it's like, you're not going to be approaching my car. You're not going to be trying. And so even when you listen to his demeanor and the what happened with it, I, I want you to hear that. And then I'm just going to log off and keep it pushing. Um, but this is more so about me providing the receipts for the things that I said. And I also wanted to give a little bit more background on how I'm moving. You're not going to come and ask me for directions. You're not going to come and ask me for money. Go ask another man. And the days of us wanting to wear our capes to protect people or think we're going to help them, those days are done. It pays in dirt. So here we go. From the blood gushing. And then it just started burning. Lakeisha McLaughlin will never forget what it's like being shot. And the surprise when the alleged shooter, 19-year-old Ezekiel Kelly, raised his gun to fire. He seemed like he was, like, pleasant. He was like, excuse me, ma'am, can you tell me how to get to Whitehaven? The 44-year-old was the third person randomly targeted by the gunman. She was with her father on the Norris Road exit ramp on I-240 around 4.30 Wednesday afternoon. They had pulled over to fix a flat tire when a young man pulled up asking for help. After giving directions, she says his demeanor quickly changed. By the time I looked back around at him, that's when I saw the gun pointed at me, and he popped off three shots. One bullet ripped through McLaughlin's right thigh, sending her into hysteria. Her father, Willie, also in a panic, called 911. When I heard the shots, I stood straight up, 
And I looked right at him. He looked at me. He thought I had a gun, too, in my hand, but it was the tying jack that I had. That's what made him go. Looking into the gunman's eyes, he believes he saw pure evil. He was demon-possessed. I saw it on his face. Knowing the gunman went on to kill four people, causing chaos at at least eight different scenes. They're feeling blessed. Their lives were spared. And I know it had been nothing but the Lord. It could have gone a totally different way. Because like I said, I know he was pointing at my head. And, and you know, I, I really do take issue when they say it was nothing but the Lord. Well, what, where was the Lord with the other... There were eight crime scenes. What about the other four people that died? I am at a point where I do feel insulted when you say you're going to just pray for me or put, you know. And so that, that you know, I'm at a point where he said it's nothing but the Lord, but that's just straight up insulting. It's, it really is. You know, I just really take offense to that, too. Um I want to end it with this because one of the lessons um, a lot of you know, I've been reading from the book, The Daily Laws by Robert Greene. He's a really uh, renowned author and um, he's the author of the strategy of war, I believe. Um, Lots of books, but I was really prepared to go down this route. But the devotional for today, the meditation for today um, from his book, Daily Laws, was for September 8th. And one of the things he talked about was um, what makes you kind of take on the embodiment of the gods. And he talks about the god Adiasis, Adiasis, something like that. And he said what made Adiasis more like the gods is that he had foresight, right? So how do we take something that's happening in the world around us and come up with a plan that's going to help us not get in these situations? And I kind of started off with that. Stop, like pay attention to your proximity to these people because it's paying in dirt. Anytime you're trying to help right now, the best people that can help a black man right now is another black man. That's the way I look at it as a woman. So You know, I understand they were out there fixing a flat tire, but they let their defenses down. You know what I'm saying? And just trusting at a time when it's not paying in dirt. You see it to where they're, you know, you're getting fired when you're trying to protect them and try to talk about their mental health. They do it on the job. They do it here in these types of places. Even when you look at how they treat like their girlfriends where, you know, they will move in and the woman is paying the rent and they'll drive her car. And the minute it gets cut off, now now you're toe tag. Now you and your sister are just gone, right? Now you and your mom are gone. Now you and the grand, like even your, your mother's child is gone. Like, or like I was talking, because there's several. So like even the, the person that is um, the grandparent, aunts and uncles, your children, getting it's it's this is not the time like there's a time and place for everything but i think that the way that things are unfolding if you want to have a plan of action protect yourself keep your your defenses up be aware of your surrounding and know what you're dealing with understand what you are dealing with so with that being said my my little one my little bruno he co-signs on this message he's being very protective so protect yourself all right bye